राजकुमार है इट्स ट्यूजडे मे एटीन वेलकम टू द लिविंग द ड्रीम शो विथ केविन वाइट दिस इज द पॉडकास्ट वेर वी पार्टनर इन गॉड स्ट्रीम ऑफ एवरी नेशन ट्राइब एंड टंग वर्शिपिंग जीजस इन हेवन एंड इट बींग ऑन अर्थ टूडे एज इट ऑलरेडी इज इन हेवन ऑन फ्राइडे जून फोर केवन विल बी शेयरिंग अ पावरफुल मैसेज फ्रॉम गॉड्स वर्ड एन टाइटल्ड गॉड्स वे ऑफ अदर्स फर्स्ट I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, June 4. Details at kevinwhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Thank you so much Raj Kumar. Welcome to Living the Dream show. I'm Kevin White and I join with Raj Kumar and our entire team in welcoming you to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually waving at you right now and I'm so excited to have you in the audience. You are not going to be disappointed by today's show. It is part 2 of 4 as we watch an interview or listen if you're listening or watching an interview with Pastor JD Greer of the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina as he interviews Rebecca McLaurin. I encourage you to listen in as she really begins to just share how our forefathers were jerks when it came to race. Listen to this interview. One of the experiences I've had, I moved here 13 years ago from the UK and uh, in the UK evangelical Christians are a very sort of small uh, strange group from a cultural perspective. Um, and you know, married a guy from Oklahoma, moved o- over here nearly thirty. Well, I just want to make sure everybody caught that. Married a guy from Oklahoma, a cowboy from Oklahoma. I married a guy from Oklahoma State University, so an actual cowboy, <laughs> <laughs> legitimately a cowboy. And as I as I got to know, um, hear from him, his experiences growing up, you know, in a white church in, in Oklahoma. And as I got to un- as I've got to understand a little bit more of American history. I found myself in a position a little bit like Harry Potter at one point in in the series where he has always seen his father as a hero. So his parents died when he was a baby and in his mind his his father is this total hero figure and his teacher Severus Snape who he hates and who hates him is is always kind of getting at Harry about his father and telling him his that his father was really kind of a jerk and Harry just doesn't believe it at all. And then at one point in the series Harry ends up in Snape's memories and he sees his father actually bullying Snape horribly when they were both teenagers and he has this disorienting moment when he realizes that his his father legitimately was a jerk. He wasn't only a jerk, he also did good things as well. But his father really was a jerk and did do many of the things that he's been accused of doing and and I as a a white evangelical of getting my bearings here. It's occurred to me that in many ways our forebears were jerks when it when it comes to race and that's just a, that's a sobering and a and a sad reality but I I love this this other moment in in Harry Potter when he um is is watching the the evil dementors like literally sucking the soul out of his godfather Sirius Black and completely out of nowhere from across the lake He sees this this guy casting the Patronus spell like expecto patronum and this amazing Patronus charges across the lake and scares off the dementors. And in the course of the story, 
Harry comes to think that that was his dad because he looks here, he can't really see the guy, but it really looks like his dad. So he thinks, wow, this somehow my dad has been able to conjure this Patronus. And as the story progresses, we find it wasn't Harry's dad. It was actually Harry himself. He had to go and cast that spell and do that thing that his dad couldn't have done. And I think that the, the reason I feel hopeful for us is, even as, as a white evangelical today, is I think we have the opportunity to do what our parents and grandparents and, and great-grandparents didn't do. I think we have the opportunity to really model a consistently biblical ethic. I think we have the opportunity to pursue racial justice, love across racial and ethnic difference, at the same time as we are upholding the, uh, the, the good biblical values in all sorts of other domains. The good biblical values that we inherited from our forefathers, but then being honest about the mistakes and, yeah. and where they were, to use your terms, where they were a jerk. Yeah, yeah. And saying we want to redo that and do that in a way that, that, that really puts the cross on this Yeah. So Rebecca, one of the things we hear about um, is being on the right side of history. Mm. And tragically, we look back in um, church history in, in the United States and we see that the church was on, not, I don't want to say the wrong side of history, but the wrong side of scripture when it came yeah. to racial discussions. Um, but you hear that now applied to the transgender and the LGBTQ plus revolutions mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. How would you counsel Christians in just this perception of, uh, you know, hey, we weren't saying what we should be saying in the, in the civil rights movement. And that's the same thing happening yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, as you point out, the, the problem with white Christian segregationists in the 60s and, and before wasn't that they were on the wrong side of history. It was that they were on the wrong side of the scriptures. Their, their problem was that not that they were being too biblical, but that they weren't being half biblical enough. And I think that's created real problems for us here today, both in terms of the, the direct injustice that that has caused in American history with um, you know, white evangelicals using the Bible to justify their racism. But it's also actually contributed to the situation we find ourselves in now where folks will say the gay rights movement is the new civil rights movement and just as the, the 60s segregationists used the, the Bible to justify their racism, um, to oppose the integration of schools, to oppose mixed race marriages, et cetera, et cetera. So Christians today are using the Bible to justify their homophobia. This is sort of the, the logic. Hey, it's Rajkumar. Kevin will be right back. I invite you to visit KevinWhite.us and join thousands of subscribers to Kevin's daily one-minute motivation series called Generously Blessed. Kevin's book, Audacious Generosity, is an international bestseller. Audacious Generosity is available in paperback, handbook, ebook, and audiobook at kevinwhite.us. And worldwide, everywhere books are sold. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, non-profits, and churches. Kevin loves to help people prosper from God's guidance and provisions. As founder or executive director, of Global Hope India. Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Schedule Kevin today at kevinwhite.us. Make sure to visit globalhopeindia.org and join thousands of people who pray, give and go. Global Hope India has over 20 years of missions experience in India. Now everyone can go to India virtually on one of GHI's virtual mission teams. Over 1 billion people in India have never held a Bible. Most people in India lack access to even know about Jesus. 
Join Global Hope India in changing that. Go to globalhopeindia.org today to pray, give, go. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah, one of the things I remember from confronting Christianity is that while we as Christians believe the Bible teaches that same-sex romance, same-sex marriage is is wrong, we are pro-same-sex friendship. And we believe that those non-romantic, non-sexual um, friendships between people of the same sex is an essential part of the of the Christian experience. Yeah, I think, honestly, this is one of the, the primary ways that we really need to go back to the Scriptures because too often— we have celebrated Christian marriage at the expense of Christian singleness. Now, Christian marriage is a wonderful thing. Um, Paul writes so beautifully about Christian marriage as being this, this little picture of Jesus's love for his church. So he has an incredibly high view of Christian marriage. But he also, as a single man, has an even higher view of singleness. And I think often in, in church culture, we've acted like, well, marriage is really the ideal And then there are some sort of unfortunate people who for one reason or another don't end up getting married. And that's okay, but it's not the best. And I think this can particularly be a message that that women in the church receive, that, you know, your highest calling as a Christian woman is to be a a wife and a mother. But I think we need to reckon with the fact that the Bible also tells us that that singleness is a, a wonderful way to live as a Christian. And that single Christians shouldn't be sort of outside the family unit but they actually should be intrinsic to the family unit because in in New Testament terms, the primary family unit is not the nuclear family, it's the local church. Mm. And I think one of the ways in which we need to have a a cultural change within our churches that will benefit married people, that will benefit single people, that will benefit same-sex attracted people, that will benefit um, heterosexual people who who long for marriage and aren't married. Um, It will benefit those who've been widowed. It will benefit those who've who've suffered divorce, all of these folks, basically all of us, whichever of those categories you're in, we will benefit if we try to reclaim what the New Testament calls us to. It gives us this picture of us as one body, Mm. not a whole bunch of different bodies, but one body together. It says we're like brothers and sisters. It says we're like comrades in arms. Um, Paul says he was among the Thessalonians like a nursing mother with her children. Mm. Uh, He calls his friend Onesimus his very heart. We need to reclaim the the real intimacy that can occur and, and should occur between Christians that isn't sexual, isn't erotic, isn't romantic, but is, is nonetheless a, a place of real intimacy. Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream show with Kevin White. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program copyright Kevin White International Incorporated. All rights reserved. Each week, we bring you a message of how this story ends from Revelation 7 is to 9 12, with every nation, tribe, and tongue worshipping Jesus in heaven. Remembering to let it be on earth as it already is in heaven, as the gift of God's presence through Jesus Christ is accessible to everyone.